uh, deceitfully deceived, listen, to the, through the lust of our own flesh, and we've been lied to and told that now the power are in the words you speak, which is a distortion of God's Word, because it moves your faith from the cross to the words you speak. Listen, you're no longer running the race if you're in that boat. You're no longer running well. You're no longer obeying the truth. Do you, do you get that? And you need to understand that. So when we get deceived, and you can't blame the preachers altogether. God helped the preachers to get right. But listen, at, at the judgment seat of Christ for us Christians, it, you're not going to be able to say, well, that preacher, no, you know, what, you know what the reality of it is? Every time we've been moved away and deceived and followed that deception, it was through the lust of our own flesh. That preacher we thought had something to offer that I wanted, so I chose to follow him to get that which I wanted in a false way. We good? We good. I'm good, and I hope you are. So even when we get off of track, out of the way, when we stop running well, we get a letter from the Holy Ghost. It's called the book of Galatians. And what is this? It's a, it's a letter of truth to get a wandering church back in the truth. So let me say this again. Truth keeps us in the truth. And truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Without the second part, he's not your truth, your way, or your life. You can't experience Christ today without your faith in the cross. Galatians 5, 1 through 4, that's what the Bible says. So not only does truth keep us in the truth, but when we get out of the truth, it's only the truth of who Christ is and what He did at Calvary that will bring us back to the truth. That's why Paul reminds the Galatians here of what happened to Peter. Because Peter justified, he stopped running, and he, and he, and, and, and he, and he, he was no longer running well and no longer obeying the truth. So Paul here reminds the Galatians what happened to Peter. And what he had to be told to get him back, which is justification by faith. Our faith has to be, our heart has to believe in the faith of Jesus. See, it's his faith that got you where you are, made you who you are, and has you headed where you're headed. And only his faith will allow us to run well. It's his faith that we run well by. And that it's considered obeying the truth. I'm kind of excited this morning because it's good stuff. And those who have ears to hear will just, <clears throat> they will repent and they will come back to faith and grace and, and, and be like the Apostle Paul. They will have to count every, all that stuff dung. They'll have to have a big bonfire out in their backyard. There are preachers that are going to in the days ahead grab a hold of this. It's going to grab a hold of them, the Lord that is, with this illumination from God's Word of the cross of Christ. And they're literally going to go in their studies and bag it all up and carry it out there and burn it. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I've, I, I bear witness of it. I've already done it. My grandkids don't need to get in my house and read anything that, that wasn't true. I don't need to keep it for a legacy. My legacy is that I preached Christ and Him crucified. 
Amen. And I don't need my grandkids, my great-grandkids going in my house when I die and seeing what I could have, <coughs> they could have as a token from great-granddaddy and pulling something off the shelf like the purpose-driven or the government of 12. Or, or Those things need to be burnt, my friend. If you're not willing, I hear people every once in a while say, oh, pastor so-and-so got up on television and said, he's preaching the cross now. Not if he's not refuting all that he has been preaching. He has to admit he's been wrong. Paul did it. You have to do it. Amen. The reason we don't do that as men is because we're still holding men valuable in a place where we, an unhealthy value we've placed on men. Don't worry about relationships. God will put the relationships in your life you need. If you value those above the truth, you're not going to have the right ones in your life. Amen. Are we good? Verse 7, we could talk about it for a long time. We'll read it one more time. You did, past tense, run well. Who's come along and hindered you now that you should not obey the truth? Verse 8 says, this persuasion that's taken place did not come from him that called you. You're hearing another voice. Garden of Eden all over again. Another voice. If it's not the voice of the Holy Spirit that calls you into this grace, if you're the church and you can't understand what I'm saying today, it's because you've been so brainwashed by false doctrine. A Christian, a true Christian who's been truly born again, faith in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, a child of God who can hear this and refuse to believe it is only because someone has hindered you. Someone's hindered you. And you begin to be persuaded by another voice. And the devil is so good at what he does that's so bad. And that is, he's got a counterfeit for everything God offers. He can counterfeit the voice of God. You've got millions in this nation alone today who get together and swing from the chandeliers and, and, and preachers get in pulpits and thus saith the Lord. And it ain't thus saith nobody from heaven. It's thus saith their flesh. It's thus saith the enemy. It's thus saith those who have hindered or hindering and persuading the people of God outside of the plan of God. And they're using Scripture to do it. But they're holding God's truth in an unrighteous manner. And all that can be produced there, even if they think they're right and they're living lives pleasing to God, they're deceived. And all that can be produced there, Romans 1.18, is ungodliness and unrighteousness. Don't think for a second that ungodliness and unrighteousness is, is just you going back in the world and alcohol and, uh, you know, all, all those things that God saved you from. Listen, ungodliness and unrighteousness is having faith in anything other than the Christ cross now you have ungodliness and unrighteousness in your life that's the way god sees it It doesn't matter how many people we're faking out doesn't even matter to the point we're deceived and think that we're holy and we can you know it's like the church we were in and in an elders meeting and the preacher's wife fell out of the chair on the floor and shook all over right in the middle of the elders meeting and got up after about five minutes and said i couldn't live without that and i want you to know 
the experience of life she knows nothing about if that's what she still believes. I couldn't live without that. You know what that's an admittance of? Now, now this has been 15, 16 years ago, so they may be on track today. I have no idea, but I'm talking about back then. Do you know what that's an admittance of? That I'm living by experience instead of by faith. I need an experience. And that's the charismatic church for you. I need an experience. God wants you to have an experience. But unless you understand the place God gives the experiences, there will be a counterfeit experience that will be telling you this is God. I was there. I've been there. I've done it. It's a persuasion that comes through the words of man's wisdom that refuses to preach the cross. See, we have to choose. Will we open God's Word and point people to the cross? Or will we open God's Word and preach some experience through what we have to do to get it? The mind is a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. It can be manipulated. It can be used to manipulate others. And that's what's happening in the charismatic and most of the Pentecostal church. And we be Pentecostal, but that's what's happening. Even really in the whole church everywhere. Manipulation. You know, preachers get up and tell jokes at the beginning of their... That's manipulation. That's trying to get you in a place that they would explain as loose. And I don't need a joke to be loose. I need to hear the truth. Well, you're just too, you're too hard. No, I've got a Bible. I've got a Bible. And there's no jokes in my Bible. The only place in the whole Bible I can find God laughing is at the calamity of those who, who have rejected Him and the knowledge He offers them. Did you hear me? God laughs at their calamity when they reject His knowledge and His power. You understand that? God doesn't have a sense of humor. And we say that all the time, and, and we better watch what we're saying to folk. Amen? Amen? Verse 8 again, This persuasion comes not of him that called you. What persuasion? This persuasion that, that is telling them something different than what Paul got them saved by. And let me get this straight. For those of you who are struggling with this, if you'll go back and study Galatians chapter 2, that's right, make a note of it, you need it. And I'm thrilled. I know there are people that, that not really students of the Word, they just listen to preaching all day and they hear a thousand things and they never really get anything. But there are those who are receiving. A man called me from uh, California a few days ago and, and, and was just saying how thankful he was to the Lord for this ministry that he's found us on YouTube and the Lord is, is blessing him and changing his life and and I'm tell, that that's so encouraging to me because it ain't me that's doing anything it's the truth through this ministry that's grabbing hearts changing lives and these people want the truth now there's a lot of people they'll listen to 40 preachers today and they'll go to bed tonight with absolutely nothing but when you get planted in the house of the Lord that means when you get set somewhere when you get planted somewhere you're going to flourish there Planted. Planted. Not hopping like a rabbit from hole to hole. That don't mean we can't listen but to one preacher. That's not what I'm saying. But they better be preachers of the truth, which is the cross, or you'll be listening to another voice that's persuading you. Do you understand that? 
And let me finish what I was going to say. Go take a note. Go back and study Galatians 2, 15 through 20, and you'll see the same faith that got you justified is the same faith you live by, or you're no longer running the race well. Amen. You're no longer obeying the truth. Everybody good this morning? Amen. That's good stuff. Anybody that's not ministering the words of God as truth found in righteousness, which means they've all got to be looked at, viewed, not through my salvation 20 years ago, but through the blood right now. The, 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 the illumination of God's Word takes place by the Holy Spirit as He shows me Christ crucified he brings the illumination of God's Word to my heart through the blood. They must be viewed through the blood. Because, through again, through that avenue alone, does any righteousness come to us? Initial righteousness or the fruits of righteousness bear out by the Holy Spirit. It's not the cross 2,000 years ago and, and now me believing 47 years ago and now just... Everything, whatever I want to believe. No, I must view every verse in the light of the one who said, I am the light. You say, well, that was Jesus and this is the word. I'm glad you brought that up. Jesus, the Bible says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. In verse 14 of John 1, it says that word that was God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus, my friend. He's the living word. And until our faith is in and stays in what Jesus did on the cross as the living word, our faith cannot be in the written word. That's twice I've said it. I hope you're getting this. Because if you're trying to believe something in the Word and your faith is not in the cross, then you're not going to experience what the Holy Spirit's trying to get you to have experience. Amen. So. And let me be blunt this morning, very plain, very simple. If, if, if you don't study in this context, if your preacher's not preaching in this context, don't let that other voice tell you, well, everybody don't have to preach like you, Brother Curtis. That's right, they don't have to preach like me, but they have to preach in this avenue. It is the truth. They have to preach in this avenue. They have to open the Word of God, and they have to see the one Jesus said the Spirit of truth would show us, Jesus. And the things of Jesus are only provided, not only, listen to me, not only through our faith in the cross, but they're manifest there. I preached it, I taught it Wednesday night, go back and listen to it, went through the list of just some of the things uh, that were manifest at Calvary, that if that's where your faith is, that you will experience those things. If that's not where your faith is, you can't experience what was manifest there. They do not just work in your life anyway, and the book of Galatians is the confirmation of that statement. God does not just keep performing that in you which He began if you start being persuaded by another voice. And men and women who open this sacred book and don't declare the cross of Christ as the answer of what they're trying to get today and point you to that alone, then they're being used by another voice. They've been persuaded and now they're persuading you. It's that other voice. Think about that. This persuasion did not come of him that called you. 
And the, 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 this other voice can come through a, a husband, a wife, a grandmother, a grandfather, a pastor that you've loved for many years and honored and respected. But when God illuminates your heart with what is right, you have to choose, my friend, at that moment whether you will continue to walk with men who teach what is wrong or you will allow God to plant you among those where there is like precious faith. Now, they'll fight tooth and nail to try to tell you their faith is in the cross, but all you have to do is listen to a preacher preach to see what his faith is in, what he wants you to trust in. If he wants you to trust in the cross, he'll preach the Word in the context of the cross. If he wants you to trust in what you have to go do, he'll preach it in that way, not even knowing he's doing it. Again, I'll remind you of a preacher about seven, six, six to eight years ago right here in Atlanta that... And it's so subtle and deceptive. He said, if the reason you have bondages in your life, this is a preacher of one of the most prominent churches in our city here in Atlanta, Queen City. If you're not taking care of the poor, that's why there's bondages in your life. And the Bible does tell us to take care of the poor, that it won't be well for those that aren't taking care of the poor. It says that. But when you move the object of your faith from the cross for deliverance for bondages to something you're doing, even something good is taking care of the poor, then you've moved the object of your faith to law, to deeds. And now because you're taking care of the poor, you're expecting God to deliver you now. Your faith is in what you're doing and not what Jesus did. Let me clarify a little better. When your faith is in the cross... In what Christ did for you at Calvary, not a tree, not a wooden beam, the work He provided for you there, if that's where your faith is, you're going to be taking care of the poor as the Spirit of God leads you. Amen, Brother Curtis. But taking care of the poor, going to church, studying the Word, prayer, fasting, all the things we're called to do can't save or deliver. Amen. Hope you're getting this. This persuasion does not come of him that called you. As soon as you get saved, there's going to be many other voices. Many other voices. You need to be on guard about. In verse 9, we, we hear this quoted all the time. And I mean, you'll hear it quoted in the most deceived churches that are out there. Because the devil's smart enough to know if he can get a preacher to get up and preach on deception... You know what that does in that body right there in that congregation? It makes them think their preacher loves them. He's warning us. He's preaching on deception. But the whole time he's deceived himself. But boy, it's got a show to it. Well, he's preaching on deception. You know what that means? That means we ain't deceived around here. Praise God. If your faith is not in the cross, and it's not if your preacher's not preaching it, because when I know some people say, well, no, you're wrong about that now, brother. I'm, I'm staying here because this, this, and this. God hadn't told you to stay there. God's told you to turn away from such. You understand that? See, we do what we want to with the Bible according to our fleshly, lustful desires. Well, I'm teaching a class in the back. Okay. You, you, listen, you're giving tithes and offerings there to that church. No, I, no I'm not giving tithes and offerings there anymore because he ain't preaching the truth. But I am. If you're not giving tithes and offerings there, that, that, that all, listen, we're, are we in kindergarten or what? 
If you're not giving tithes and offerings there, that means you're not really planted there. You're not, being, you're not subjecting yourself to that place. That means the reason you're there is a wrong reason. Oh, I've got a class in the back. I, 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 I'm, he may not preach it from the pulpit, but I've got a class. And what's changed? What's changed? You're there because of you. Now, I know some folk don't like that, but they need to hear it, and they'll get mad at Brother Curtis, and I know they already have. They, 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 they unfriend me, or they block me, or whatever, but, you know, if they would have lived in Paul's day, and Paul would have come through town, and those people, if they'd have been in this church that got this letter read to them, they'd have said, no, 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 I'm good. From such, turn away. They have a form, but there's no power. The power, God says, is in the preaching of the cross. The demonstration of the power of God and the Spirit of God is not in the altar call. Paul says it's in the preaching of the cross. Now, there will be an altar call. There will be uh, decisions made one way or the other every time the cross is preached. And that means the Word. Now, I know most preachers today say, how are you going to preach the cross every time you get in the pulpit? Well, you hadn't heard me mention the very event there about the thorn of crowns and the nails and, and all that. No, I'm preaching the cross by preaching God's Word in that righteous context. This is what we're talking about. It has to be done. It has to be done. And we won't come along and, and, and listen to another voice of persuasion that says you need to stop being so narrow. You need to start showing a little love. The message of the cross is God's love for all. And people, they, they try to say things like, well, is our doctrine more important than loving people? No, if your doctrine's right, you are loving people. And who are you to judge my heart just because of the way I'm presenting the gospel that says I don't love people? Jesus loved Peter when he turned around and called him Satan. Jesus loved the Pharisees when he told them their daddy was the devil. So watch it when you're trying to play judge and judge people's heart through their presentation of the gospel. And I know we have to be careful with the way we present it because if we present it like an old barking mad dog, people, they're not going to listen and they're not going to sit under it even though everything we're saying is right. Amen. The people need to know you love them, but if they, if they won't accept the truth, they're never going to think you love them anyway. Amen. And let me say this before we move on. When, when, when men and women, the children of God, get determined by the grace of God to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified, those that refuse to go into that place are not going to understand why they're there now. And if they refuse to go that link to, to, to come back to faith and grace, to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified, to boast in nothing but the cross, eventually, if they don't subject themselves to that by faith, they're going to begin to throw rocks. They're going to begin to throw rocks. If you're walking with somebody and you're both living for the Lord, when you get to a place and one goes on with the Lord and the other one just decides, I, 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 I can't go further, I'm not going on, I'm not ready for that, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be that committed. Uh, listen, you watch what I tell you. The person who won't keep going is going to start throwing rocks. They're going to start throwing rocks. I've watched it on social media. I've watched it here in personal ministry. Folks that who won't accept, they will not accept the cross as the answer for all things. They're going to start throwing rocks. And rocks hurt. Rocks hurt. But you can't let people throwing rocks persuade you to get out of the truth. Amen. 
So here we are in uh, verse 9, and, and here the Bible says, A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Why is the Holy Spirit saying this? Because all it takes is one person believing it that can leaven the whole church if false doctrine comes in by one person who has authority. Most of the time it's the preacher, but it can be somebody of influence in the church, who one of the biggest givers, which shouldn't even be a, an issue, shouldn't even have any weight on what's happening in the church, his brother, whoever, big-time money, who's giving 5000 a week because he's making 50000 a week. Lord, send us some of them. But they don't, they don't influence the church by their giving. Now, in America, they do. They have, an, they have a say. They have influence now because of the amount of money they're giving. And that's not the will of God. That's out of the will of God. And that brings voices of persuasion that are not the voice of the Holy Spirit. A man come and stood over me one time after being in this church for, I don't know, about three months, him, wife, kids, and, and a precious family, and Christian people, and tall fella, and business owners, and, and, uh, and, and prosperous folks, and, and, and were giving good to the church, and approached me after, you know, about three months, and told me after church and that, uh, you know, they had some ideals, things that they, we could change in our church, and, 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 and we needed to maybe be praying about doing or whatever, and, and I could tell immediately, you know, he, he was nice as he could be, and I was nice to him, but I just looked up at him and said, we'll be praying about all that. But because we're spirit people, we know there's something always going on other than us just looking at each other because we're of a spirit. Amen. And he knew right off the bat, just he, he could tell that I wasn't going to just go with his decisions, his, his voice of persuasion. And some of the stuff might have been a good idea, but I just let him know we'll be praying about it. And instead of me saying, yeah, yeah, okay, you know, because he was giving good money, I just said we'll pray about it. But he knew that I wasn't going to be subject to him or his giving, they quit coming to church. And that's the way it needs to be. I don't, I, I like to have the money because the more we get, the more we can do. But you know what? I, I can do without that. I need the people of God who love God, who want to serve God, who don't have to have a voice, a say in everything. Amen. Amen. Thank God for Crossway Church. If we need new carpet, the people will just show up at church and the new carpet will be on the floor. And they don't say, well, why didn't we get to that? Why didn't? They don't care. You know why? Because from the very get-go, this is the attitude of this church right here in Queen City, Texas. You don't have to worry about the carpet. You don't have to worry about the paint. You may not like it, but you don't have to worry about it. You just come to worship, come to be equipped by the preaching of the Word for the work of the ministry. And listen, those people who are worried about the color and the carpet and all that, they're not there for the right reason anyway. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I couldn't go to your church, brother. If I'm giving money there, I just, I, I think I need to say what kind of carpet I want. No, well, you, there's a, a hundred other churches. Go get yourself one, son. I'm not being a smart aleck. I'm telling you what our focus is. It ain't the carpet. It ain't the paint. It's the work of God through this ministry. Amen. When we get carried away with the carpet and the paint and the, the, the lights and all that stuff as a body, then we've, then we've let another voice come in and persuade us to, to move our focus. You, listen, you don't want to deal with the carpet people anyway. You don't want to deal with the painters anyway. Amen. Just keep on enjoying what you got. And if you don't have it somewhere, get out. 
and go get what you could have somewhere else. Amen. A little leaven leavens the whole lot. A little leaven. You put a little yeast in something, whole thing going to have yeast in it. You put a little leaven in some kind of bread or pie, you got, listen, that yeast is going to do what it does, and it's going to spread and, and cause a change in that whole whatever you put it in. You can take a five, saw this one time, you can take a five-gallon jug of clear, perfect, distilled water and drop one little tiny drop of red food dye in it, and what happens? The whole jug is altered. That's why we say if preachers aren't preaching this, the whole congregation's altered. You're not even supposed to be there. And so we need to think about these things. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. The Holy Spirit is here teaching that when we allow any movement at all of our faith to be in any other thing than the cross, the entire lump, that being all that pertains to our lives, our families and congregations are about to become corrupt. Because we're either so into the Spirit or we're so into the flesh. And Galatians 6, 8 says, Whosoever sows to the flesh shall reap corruption. This is a huge issue in the church. So much corruption in the church is because the church doesn't know how to sow to the Spirit. Sowing to the Spirit is walking in the Spirit, and walking in the Spirit is what how we began, by faith in the cross. Faith in the cross. Faith in the cross. You begin to walk in the Spirit. When that other voice came, and, and, and you know who it really affects is the people who are very, very hungry. Very, very hungry. And it's good to be hungry for God, but if it, but we're the most, uh, we're the most, uh, uh, it's possible for those that are the most hungry to be moved away to eat off of any plate. If you don't know the truth, and apparently most of the church doesn't, I didn't. I knew what it took to save me, but when the Purpose Driven Church came out, that book that swept the nation, I went and bought one. I highlighted, we got to start doing this. If, if we're going to see a move of God in our church, if, if we're going to have church growth, and it told you, go knock on doors and ask them why they're not in church if they're not in church, and, and ask them, what could we change in our church to get you in our church? And that's all works, and that's deeds, and why do we have to do anything but preach the gospel? gospel because that's all if that's not what's bringing people to the church then they're not going to stay anyway whatever's bringing people into the church you got to keep doing it to keep them in the church if you had a meal to get them in you got to keep feeding them baloney listen and the churches that say well we're doing this and using this to get them in to hear the gospel no they're not giving them the gospel even when they're in they're not giving them the gospel when they're in. And even the ones that tell them the truth, and, and some, of the ones, some of the ones that have a true born-again experience, now they don't know how to live for God because you've got a pastor like me in the pulpit preaching out of the purpose-driven church book, telling us what we need to do, what we need to change. Think about that. And the author of those books, that particular one, now thinks that Christianity needs to just team up with Islam and be a part of the same. 
See how to see, see what works will lead you. See, works are about law, and law is about the flesh. What you do, it's either we're doing things ourselves, which brings about a self righteousness, or our faith is in what Christ did at Calvary, and it's His righteousness we're walking in and experiencing. You see how simple it is, but it, the but the, uh, deception is so subtle. Back then, as a preacher, I didn't know I was being duped I, because I didn't know my faith has to stay exclusively in the cross. And when I start doing things to to try to cause a move of God, like uh, getting rid of these lights and turning all the lights off and and putting dark black lights in the room, that's bringing the world in instead of the gospel is the power. Listen, we can't provide a setting for God outside of the preaching of the gospel. That is what allows, that's what the Holy Spirit does, and that's what allows Him to show up to move The, 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 the dark, Worship centers and the lights flickering and the club look of the world. Uh, and they have their words of men's wisdom as to why they do that. But they're trying to usher in a move of God. And the Bible plainly says that it's the preaching of the cross that is the power and demonstration of the Spirit. Right. Amen. 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 Right. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. When you as a man or a husband start believing something other than what you received at salvation and keeping your faith there alone to walk in something else like I've done in the past, your whole family now becomes corrupt. That little leaven you began to believe and teach, sir, now has leavened your whole family. Now your kids are growing up in that. Now your grandkids are growing up in that. Now your great-grandkids are growing up in that. And and I'm going to tell you something. It's all because you allowed a little leaven into your heart. That's how the devil works. And we need to pay attention to that. That's why we have this letter to the Galatians. It's to you and me. A little leaven, a little, uh, just a, a whisper of another voice, you know, that can come along and say, is the cross really all there is? Is the cross really the answer for everything? Or, or, is, or is this just what, I've, what I'm believing because I'm, I, I, I've been born and raised in a cross-preaching church? Is this what I believe just because I'm in America? You better watch being fickle, my friend. I know lots of people that I pray they never get moved to Utah, they'll become a Mormon. I pray they never get moved to Saudi Arabia, they'll become an Islamist. Because it's people, so many people are moved by who they're around and, and, and they value people instead of the Word of God at a higher level. We better wake up as the church today. We better place a value on God's Word, and your value on God's Word is your value of God. But if your value on God's Word is out of righteousness and not the truth and not that which pertains to Christ and what He did at Calvary, your value on God is distorted and wrong, and all we can do is produce a wrong and distorted value and picture of God. The picture of God is painted in Christ at Calvary. Let me say that again. The picture of our God, Jesus, is the, the brightness of God's glory and, 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 and the, what does it say, in the perfect image of, of His person, the express image of His person, Hebrews chapter 1. And if, the, and if what we're bringing forth out of our pulpits is not the Word in that context, then we're painting 
a, a, a distorted uh, picture that's not of God, not a proper picture. And I'm going to tell you, the Lord is unpleased with that. Jesus didn't show up on the earth, and he, he, he didn't show anger toward those that were hurting and those that knew they needed a Savior. He showed anger toward those that were supposed to be representing him and wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. We'll start right here next week, Galatians 5, 9, a little 11. Y'all didn't let me get very far today, and so I always have to blame it on them. Hungry hearts are like a sponge. It'll hold you up. Pray for us as we go into Wichita Falls, Texas tomorrow. Do a four-hour teaching session there. Pray God would move mightily and have His way in that region. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Do more than like it and comment on it. Share this session so that your friends, families, co-workers, classmates can hear the truth what they need to hear, and God would move in their lives. We love you. God bless you. See you next week.